Georgia and Bama continue to dominate. Arizona sits atop the NFL, a quarterback theme rank it, and the NBA preseason kicks off. All that and more on this week's pod. And Manning's gonna heave one is oh, there's a flag back to one-handed catch box back out to Allen. History part of What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Crew Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Akeem here with Vito Patel. How you doing, Vito? I'm doing great. Already episode five. Yeah, already five pods in. Um, but we got a lot to talk about, so we're just getting straight into it. Let's start with the top twenty-five matchups: Bama versus Ole Miss. Yeah, Bama versus Ole Miss. I really thought it was gonna be a great game. Like, especially because of Ole Miss's offense. But uh, the halftime score was 28-0, to so Bama took care of business. I mean, looking at the stats, this game wasn't as dominant as some of the other games. Ole Miss moved the ball, but they couldn't convert well on fourth down. But overall, Alabama still showed that they could execute on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it was 28-0 going into half. It was 35-0, like, halfway through the third quarter, I think. So Ole Miss didn't put up a touchdown until midway through the third quarter. And then their last two touchdowns came in garbage time. So it was really like a wow. 42-7, 35-7 kind of game. No, the score was not even close. Bama dominating a team that good, as good as since, I mean, as good as Ole Miss, that's incredible, especially knowing that their quarterback was the Heisman leader coming into the game for him to not score even until the third quarter. That like shows how good that Bama defense is because I really thought this Bama offense was the strength of that team, but now it's definitely that defense. Yeah, and I feel like the stats... Don't do the game justice because the game was over by halftime. Yeah, definitely over by the third quarter. And so everything after that doesn't really matter. Exactly. We thought last week was going to be close and it it was at no point was this game ever close. Honestly, the best stat though, I realized though, was the time of possession. Alabama had pretty much 38 minutes with the ball. Best way to prevent explosive offense like Ole Miss to score, from scoring is to keep the ball away from them. And they've honestly just controlled the game in all aspects, especially the running game and just time management. And Bama does look unbeatable like usual. Yeah, with 210 rushing yards, that's one way to control the clock. Wow. Our next game, I thought this one was also a surprise. Georgia versus Arkansas, 37-0. Oh, my God. I mean, that itself is surprising because I thought Arkansas was legit, especially after beating A&M and Texas, who's looking pretty decent lately. What makes us crazier is that JT Daniels was out. And I was learning more about this team as I was doing research for this game. And I found out like three of the four best receivers on Georgia was out, including their best receiver pickings from last year. He's been gone all year. Even with all that being said, like they just dominate in other ways. And I mean, they only had 72 yards passing in the game, but they still won. They didn't have their passing weapons. They didn't have their quarterback or receivers. But they know that they're bigger in both lines of scrimmage, and they still won 37-0 in different ways. Like, they didn't have to do it to the air game. Oh, their offensive line absolutely dominated Arkansas. Like, they <laughs> did whatever they wanted. You sent you sent me a picture during that game with the <laughs> one Georgia lineman pushing back three Arkansas defenders. Exactly. I mean, they no. had 273 rushing yards that game. That, that made me laugh when you're talking about the offensive line because, yeah, they literally had a lineman that could block three defenders. Like, yeah, you're going to run the ball really well when you could do that. 
I mean, what's more impressive, though, is the defense. Oh, yeah. They've only given up one offensive touchdown this entire season. And that one touchdown uh, was in garbage time against South Carolina when they're up 40 to 6. So it's probably the backups who did it, anyways. And so, yeah, Georgia, Georgia looks just as unbeatable as Bama, if not more. Yeah, so what I want to say about the defense is they've only given up 16 points this year on defense. Yeah, you're right. They've given up one touchdown and then, what, three field goals? And then the other touchdown that they've given up was a pick six. So it was on Oh, offense. yeah, yeah, yep, there's that one. Yeah. Yeah. So 16 points in five games, that's under four points a game. They have had back-to-back shutouts. Their last two games, the combined score would be 99-0. Wow, that's, that's insane. Yeah, that Georgia defense is mean. Definitely the best. I mean, I'd say the best defense I've seen forever, honestly. Yeah, one of the best defenses that we've seen watching yeah. football. And Arkansas's offense was supposed to be like good. It's supposed to be explosive. They only had 162 total yards. KJ Jefferson, their quarterback, who was looking really sharp prior to that game, only had 65 yards passing. Georgia's quarterback had 72 yards passing. And they still outpassed the other team. <laughs> <laughs> and. Arkansas, like going into half, they only had one drive in the whole first half that was not a three and out. Wow. Yeah, that Georgia team, their defense is insane. Moving on to the next game, I want to talk about Oregon versus Stanford. Did you know that with like a little under two minutes to go, I think, Oregon had a 99.9% chance to win the game? Uh, I mean, I didn't know it was that high, but yeah, I knew they had possession of the ball and <laughs> they're up a touchdown. They completely fell apart in the end. I don't know why, but they threw it when they could have just run the clock out or they could have run it out to to give Stanford the ball back with like 30 seconds or like almost no time. But they threw it. It was incomplete. So they stopped the clock and they gave the ball back to Stanford and they let Stanford go the length of the field with the help of penalties. They had a targeting call late and then on the last play of the game, they had a holding in the end zone. So Stanford got an untimed down and of course scored. They finished them off in overtime, the upset. They did everything wrong for Stanford to come around <laughs> to win that game. This is what stinks because for sure, like, 9 out of 10 times, Oregon's a better team than Stanford. Yeah. And this is their chance to make the playoffs, and they really just blew it. Stanford is a bad loss. You're not going to really be able to bounce back from that. Yeah, that's going to hurt because Oregon was looking like one of the better teams. Like, they were number three, and then a loss to an unranked Stanford. Exactly. Yeah, that's going to hurt. They're going to have to definitely win out and win the conference championship. And then that's for a chance to be in the playoffs. Exactly. And hopefully one of their uh, conference foes does better than expected so they could get another ranked win. But yeah, I mean, luckily, the crazy thing about this college football season, though, is everybody outside of Alabama and Georgia looks beatable. So who knows? Hmm, One team I think that might or should finish the season undefeated, Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati versus ND. So many emotions about that game. But first, I'm going to get this off my chest. I'm excited that we don't have to play Bam or Georgia. Like That's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, I'm glad we got like one loss and it was a good team. So we don't look too bad. And now we're definitely not going to the playoffs exactly. and don't have to deal with that. This Notre Dame offensive line, I keep talking about this every week, is pre- pretty much the worst offensive line I've seen from Notre Dame. So they start watching the team. Imagine that O-line versus Georgia's D-line. No, I don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, overall, I went to the game. It was it was pretty fun. Both teams, especially the Cincinnati fans, were very loud. There was a big Cincinnati section. The huge. Oh, my God. I did not know they travel like that. And even outside of the Cincinnati section, there's a bunch of Cincinnati fans scattered across the stadium. And then the more I thought about this, this is like their biggest game pretty much in school history. Going on the road, playing another yeah. top 10 team. 
let alone being ranked in the top 10 yourself. So yeah, they definitely trialed for this. And speaking of the game itself, though, I still don't genuinely think either team played their best game. They both made a bunch of mistakes. I mean, Notre Dame turned the ball over early first drive in the red zone. Bad pick. Then we put in Buckner in bad times. At this point, okay, I like Buckner, but we're just not utilizing him right. Like, if we're going to run the ball every time we have him, he didn't get a single first down that game and had that one interception. And it's just so predictable. Like, it worked the first game or two because, you know, the other team doesn't know who that is. But at this point, we've run a read option with him every time. And he's pretty much kept the ball. He's already gives the ball off. So he And then the missed PAT. And then Kyle Hamilton himself, he gave up a touchdown where that ball was like a 50-50 ball. You'd expect him to make a play on that ball. But he got turned around and he gave up a touchdown. So, I mean, all around, just a lot of mistakes for Notre Dame. And I'm not going to say Cincinnati didn't make mistakes. They made they missed a couple field goals. Ritter had that bad fumble that brought us back in the game. The turnovers really killed Notre Dame's chances, though. That first one hurt. The opening drive, they went the field. Cohen looked good. Yeah. And then just to throw a pick at, like, the five-yard line. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. I agree with you with Buckner. I think we wasted two drives right before half putting him in. Yeah. What is the point of putting him in just to run? And then it didn't work at all. Three and out the first time. And they brought him back for the next drive to do the same thing. And he threw a pick. <laughs> You're already quarterback through. That was the only throw. <laughs> I don't think Cone played bad. And like statistically, he played just as pretty much as good as Pine. It was the fact that we put in Buckner. I hated that. The fans started <laughs> booing Buckner in the stadium. <laughs> I mean, both Pine and Cone played well. I think if we just stuck to either Pine or Cone, we would have been fine. I think using Buckner in the red zone would have been fine, though. My biggest takeaway from this, though, is out of mo- most Notre Dame fans, I like Kelly a decent amount. But my biggest problem with him is that he has this big mantra saying, we got to treat every game the same. Well, this is not the same. This is a huge game. This is a top 10 matchup. And the thing is, the team didn't come out with the same energy as the Cincinnati team. My biggest takeaway was, I think Pine looks the best of the three ND quarterbacks. And with playoff chances gone now, I think they should start looking to the future. I think Pines should start the rest of the season. Yeah, he's good. Cohen's gone after this year. I think if you want to build something and start building it from this year for next year, Pine looks just as good, if not better, than Cohen. I say put him in from now. I totally agree, actually. And they look pretty much identical, except one thing Pine has that Cohen doesn't is he can escape the pocket. <laughs> he can at least run a little bit. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Pine gives us a good chance. And honestly, I'm loving Pine. Like, People thought he was a third-string QB, but he's been on the team the longest of the other two. And apparently they took his spot, but he definitely has the best chemistry. Maybe that's why he looked better. But yeah, he's my favorite of the three, and I want to see him more going forward. Congrats to Cincinnati, though, for this big win. Like, it's a big win for them. The biggest in school history as a first top 10 win. Exactly. But for Cincinnati, though, if they want to get thrashed by Georgia or Bama, <laughs> they got to win out. Exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, I look at that Cincinnati team and I'm like, okay, yeah, you guys probably could have played better. But to be honest, you guys aren't that good. Like, like, and don't take me wrong. They're a great team. They're top 10. But like Georgia and Alabama are in another category. Like, it doesn't look like they would stand a chance at those guys. I don't think anyone does, though. But I'm just saying the amount of mistakes Notre Dame made, Notre Dame did that to Bama or Georgia, it'd be like 50 to zero. Yeah, we've seen it before. <laughs> With that being said, let's go into our college football playoff rankings. And we each ranked our top four right now. Do you want to start at the top or the bottom? Well, let's start at four. Yeah, my number four uh, is Penn State. Is your number three Iowa? Yeah. Okay. I had them flipped. Yeah. But go ahead. Say why. 
Yeah, no, between both of them, they were both pretty similar, and they're both really good Big Ten teams. And at this point, I really can't tell who's a good team outside of Bama and Georgia. I mean, these guys had the best resumes, but the reason I picked Iowa is mostly because I was wrong. Like, I thought Maryland might have a chance to beat them, and it wasn't even close. And Iowa, every time people have doubted them, people have doubted them against the Indiana team and the Iowa State team, they just win their games by a lot. Penn State's games have been closer than Iowa's. Yeah, exactly, especially the Wisconsin game. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of what took me. Even down the here. Auburn game was a one touchdown. Yeah, that was one touchdown too. But Auburn's pretty good, I think, better than anyone that I was played yet. I put Penn State ahead of them because Penn State has good wins over Auburn and Wisconsin, and I think Iowa's best win was over Maryland this last weekend. I know they dominated them, but I think Penn State has two good wins. Iowa's just got one. Since this is like the first ranking, this would be the playoff ranking. No one's got a spot yet, right? So the initial ranking. I put Penn State ahead of them because those quality of wins. Yeah. And they play each other next week. So I would be fine either way, honestly. But yeah, luckily they play each other this Saturday. That's about to be a great one, honestly. I think the winner of that is going to be in the playoff picture. And then the loser got some work to do. All right. And number two and number one. I wonder who these are going to be. My number two, surprisingly, a little bit, but is Alabama. Yo, me too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Alabama looked more looks more vulnerable than Georgia as of right now. Not like they're vulnerable at all, just a slightly more than Georgia because that close game they have in Florida. And the thing is, Alabama's pretty much fully healthy too. Georgia has people that are about to come back on that team to make it a little stronger. And Georgia's ceiling is so high with everybody healthy because JT Daniels looks pretty sharp. They beat a top eight team without him and absolutely destroyed them. Georgia just seems unbeatable. Bama seems beatable by Georgia. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> This would be the initial rankings. If they already were ranked and Bama was one and Georgia was two, I wouldn't move Georgia past Bama just because of what they did like last week. But in the initial rankings, like I would have Georgia one, Bama two. Georgia has two top 10 wins over Clemson at the time in Arkansas. Last week was yeah. top 10. Outside of Clemson, their closest game was 40 to 13 against South Carolina. Bama's big wins are over Florida and Ole Miss, who are both just outside the top 10. Mm-hmm. So I guess Georgia's wins were a little better and more dominant. But, I mean, these two teams are going to stay 1-2 and two the whole year. And they're both going to go undefeated into the SEC championship. And whoever wins the SEC championship will be number one. And the other will be number two. And then they're going to play again in the championship. So Georgia has a tough opponent this weekend at uh, Auburn. Actually, looking at Georgia's schedules, the next three weeks are top 20 opponents. I mean, I don't think it really matters much because even the top 10 teams didn't really get close. I think Georgia's schedule is a little tougher than Bama's, and I think that that's going to give them the edge throughout the year. But again, it doesn't matter until the championship game, who gets one and who gets two. And all that means is who each one is going to smack in the the first round. (laughs) This was weird years because usually you see a dominant Oklahoma or Ohio State team, but those two also look pretty beatable. The SEC is the only conference that can get two teams into the playoffs because like next week you got Iowa and Penn State playing. Whoever wins will stay in the top four. The losers are getting kicked out of the top four when playoff rankings come around. The only thing I would say, though, is if those two were to meet again in the Big Ten championship, I think the winner of that can get in and the loser of that is getting kicked out like i don't think they're good enough to have two teams make it in though big 10 uh, actually i was thinking about this too though big 10 has like five top 12 top 15 teams as iowa penn state at the top and then i think ohio state's a little lower and then michigan michigan state are doing pretty well too so like their resumes if penn state and iowa could win out would be look really good yeah but if they went out then they're playing each other in the 
Big Ten championship. One of them is losing this weekend, and one of them would have to lose then. And I think Penn State loses to Ohio State later this year. Like, I don't think Ohio State looks as good as Penn State, but I just don't think Penn State beats Ohio State. As weird as it sounds, and as good as I think they are right now, I don't think either Penn State or Iowa survives come playoff time. I still think one Big Ten team makes it, though, I guess. I just don't know which one. Because Ohio State could still come yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Can't really count out Michigan yet. Undefeated, and all of them are top 11. Five of the top 11 are Big Ten, actually. So, hmm, it's kind of looking like a Big Ten year, too. Yeah, but as the season go on, they're all going to start, like, knocking each other down. Yeah, they just luckily haven't played each other yet. But yeah. yeah. So, with that being said, I think this year would be the first year a non-Power 5 team makes it. I think all the Big Ten teams are going to start knocking each other out. And Oklahoma squeak by every week. They're bound to lose, and they don't look that good. So if Cincinnati wins out, I think they could get in. I think Cincinnati gets in, but sadly, they're not that good. <laughs> like, they're good. They're just not Alabama or Georgia good. No one out of the top two are that good. But someone's got to get in. The two best bets are maybe Ohio State, just because talent-wise, they might be struggling in defense, but at least they have the five-star recruits. But they already have a loss, and if they lose another one, they're out. Or the thing is, if they don't get to the Big Ten Championship... I mean, I don't even think Ohio State makes it, but I'm saying out of all the teams that can make it, I think Ohio State at least has the best chance of making it a good game. I've been having uh, upset calls every week. If I were to make an upset call this week, I think Texas takes out Oklahoma. Yeah, Texas looks really good. I'm with you there. Oh, bet, bet. Yeah, because they dropped a 70-piece on Texas Tech. Yeah, they figured their offense out. I think Texas could do it, and Oklahoma looks vulnerable. So that's my upset call of the week. All right, the other top 25 games for next week. We talked about Iowa versus Penn State a little bit, but who do you think wins that game? Did you say Iowa? That's a tough one because they both have really good defenses, and I don't really like either of their quarterbacks that much. I like the receiver, Jahan Dotson, though, on Penn State. I'll give it to Iowa, though, because of the home field advantage. That's the only reason. If it was, if like, for example, it was in the whiteout crowd in Penn State, like, I think. Penn State wins it for sure. But I think because it's in Iowa, give the edge to Iowa. I'm glad you said that because that reminds me. How does Penn State coordinate their fans so well? Did you see the game against IU? The stripes? (laughs) Yes. Penn State has the best fans for sure. How is it perfect stripes? I just know that they're good at coordinating. Yeah. And the whiteout, like everyone wears white. And the stripe game, it was like perfect blue and white stripes all around stadium. I don't know how they do it. But talking about the game, though, I think Iowa's defense is better. And I think their defense gets them through this game. Mm -hmm. So the other top 10 matchup is Georgia versus Auburn. I think Georgia is just going to dominate this one. And with another top 25 win, I think this is going to put them up to number one for now. I think Georgia dominates too, but I don't know if you saw that clip of Bo Nix getting that touchdown pass off this weekend. It was honestly the best touchdown pass I've seen in my life. He broke, I kid you not, like I'm not even exaggerating, like six different people were trying to sack him and he broke all six of them and throws it to a wide open receiver in the end zone. He looks better than he did earlier, but yeah, there's no way to beat Georgia. No, no. (laughs) Moving on to some NFL talk. The NFL just announced the Super Bowl halftime show and the lineup includes... Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige. So that's awesome. Great for hip hop. And honestly, these are like some of the best rapper slash hip hop artists there are. Dre, Kendrick, Eminem, and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. So my initial thoughts were, I love it. Some of the best to ever do it. My secondary thoughts, I was like, why did they, why are they doing this now? These guys are all, they've been retired. Why couldn't have this been like the 2005 halftime show? That's true. This is way out of all their primes. Is it just because this Super Bowl is in LA this year? Oh, that might be. 
I mean, the Super Bowl show every year is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I love it. This is really good. Uh, moving on to the games. Over the weekend, Tom Brady came back to Gillette Stadium for the first time since leaving the Patriots, and he breaks the all-time passing yards record held by Drew Brees. You had this as your game of the week. It was a great game. I mean, the Patriots didn't want Tom Brady to win, and I saw beginning of the game. The fans were cheering Brady on, and right when he got onto the field, they started booing him. So a little love-hate relationship, you could say. <laughs> Mixed feelings there, yeah. But yeah, both teams played really well. Uh, and Mac Jones, like I've, I've been so high on him, and he's really good. He led the team down and gave him a potential chance to take the lead, and they missed the game-winning 56-yard field goal. All around a great, hard-fought win. And good for the Buccaneers. Their running game started doing better. I know they couldn't get their running game going against the Rams. If the running game gets going and Brady's playing like the way he is, I mean, I already knew the Buccaneers are hard to beat, but they're going to be even harder to beat. I was going to say, the Patriots looked really good that game. Like, Mac Jones almost outplayed Brady. I would argue he might have played him. Yeah, he also tied Brady's New England record of 19 straight completions. Wow. And then they came so close, like as close as possible, just a doink off the upright for the game-winning field goal. Mac Jones is Tom Brady 2.0. That's why they went with him over Cam. My game of the week was Rams versus Cardinals. So both offenses were very good. Over 400 yards of total offense by each team. The difference was the Cardinals took care of the ball and the defense got a couple takeaways. Kyler Murray's playing like an MVP quarterback right now. I mean, so was Stafford, but Kyler Murray, 268 yards. Stafford at 280. Like I said, both offenses, 400 plus yards. The Cardinals also ran it pretty well. And they really didn't let the Rams get touchdowns. They moved the ball and didn't have the points to show for it. But Stafford's been playing crazy. So is Murray. I mean, actually, both both those quarterbacks are playing really good. It really was a good battle of unbeatens. Would you put the Cardinals as the best team in the league? Yeah, I mean, they're the only undefeated team, uh, so it's hard to say no. But yeah, I guess you have to. I like that addition of uh, AJ Green on the Cardinals. I didn't think he'd have a big impact, but I think that's definitely been helping Kyler Murray out yeah. a lot. Yeah, he had that that forty plus yard touchdown. And honestly, the Cardinals defense is better than I thought they were too. Yeah, they give up yards, but they don't give up points. At least they didn't in that game. They added a good few pieces in the offseason, and Cardinals are just coming together so well. They had a couple scares, week two and three. They almost lost to the Vikings, but like good teams find ways to win close games. And the Cardinals, they just, against Jaguars, they just played awful, and then everything started clicking and went on 21 0 run to end that game. Good stuff for the Cardinals. Yeah, I think that game last week against the Jags is probably why we both picked against them for this game. But no, nah, they came out dominant. All right, now take us to our rank it segment and this week we are ranking the top five quarterbacks in the league right now how you want to do this from five to one yeah let's go five to one okay you can start first i want to say this was pretty hard because first it was hard picking the five and then yeah. it was hard organizing them i would definitely say this is my favorite ranking so far yeah so my number five was patrick mahomes he leads the league in touchdowns he got 14 passing touchdowns he's just coming off a five touchdown game He's fifth in the league in yards with just over 1,200 yards. And if you take out Tyrod and Trey Lance, who like have a small sample size, he has the second highest QBR, just shy of 120. The Chiefs had a couple, couple early losses, but they look like they're getting back into it, especially after last week's game. And this looks like it could be a scary offense again, led by none other than Patrick Mahomes. Wow, and five, though? That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was hard. <laughs> I could see it. I'm glad, though, we do have disagreement on this. My number five is Dak Prescott. 
this year especially, I'm like, starting to realize the value of Prescott. I mean, the Cowboys are sitting at three and one. So record-wise, he's already been huge. And their only loss was against the Buccaneers, which he threw for 400 yards. Like he was, he kept them in that game, and they could have won that. But outside of just the records, uh, he's number two in that whole NFL in completion percentage at 75, and he's tied at number three for passing touchdowns. And all around, he yeah, he just makes that team better. So. I'm going to go with Prescott at number five. Yeah, so just show you how hard this was. He's not even in my top five. Yeah, I can see that. I can see him not making your top five. Number four, I got Tom Brady. He's second in total passing yards, 1356, and he just broke the NFL all-time record last week, like we said earlier. Ten touchdowns, only two interceptions, 100.3 rating. And he leaves a three and one bucks with their only loss coming to a pretty good Rams team. I feel like every week they just find a way to win and they just move the ball up and down the field. When their run game was struggling earlier in the year, they still got a lot of offense and it's all led by by Brady. Well, I guess there are some similarities because Tom Brady is my number four as well. So <laughs> for ah, okay. a lot of the same reasons. I mean, pretty much all the same reason. Uh, there's one more thing that I had to say. He actually leads the NFL in passes that went for first downs. All right, going to number three. This is where, like, the orders got really tough. I got Matt Stafford at number three. He's fourth in yards, 1,222. Second in touchdowns with 11, throwing a 68% completion. And he's got the most 40-plus yard completions with six. 117.6 quarterback rating. He's the one that took this Rams team to another level after they just traded him for Jared Goff. Stafford was the toughest one for me to not put on my list, and he doesn't make my list. Uh, I'm gonna you let you didn't know. have Stafford? Yeah, oh, no, it was between wow. him and Dak. And I thought how valuable he is to the Cowboys just led me to put Dak or him because like, I still feel like the Rams would be pretty solid, but um, it was tough. Uh, Russell Wilson is my number three, and he leads the NFL in the passer rating. And he has nine touchdowns and no interceptions. That would put him at number four in passing touchdowns without a single interception. And he's completing over 72% of his passes. So very accurate. He's not the reason they're only a two and two, but he's definitely the reason they have two wins. Yeah, so Russ was my number two, actually. Oh, nice. Compared to like the rest of the quarterbacks on the list, he has like a little bit less yards. He's just over a thousand yards passing. Like I said, nine touchdowns, no picks. He's the only quarterback that like actually plays that has no picks. He's got one of the highest completion percentages, 72.5. And then like you said, the highest rating at almost 130. They have a bad offensive line and bad defense, and he's the only one that keeps them going. So number two uh, for me is Kyler Murray. What? He's been killing it this year, actually. He leads the entire NFL in completion percentage at 76. He's also number three in the NFL with 330 yards a game. Yeah, he's been killing it, and obviously his team's the only undefeated team in the NFL. So I'm going to go with Kyler at number two. K1 is my number one. <laughs> oh, nice. He has his team at the top of the NFC West, which is the hardest division in football and the only undefeated team left in the league. Rating is at 115, and he's been playing MVP football. So I put him at number one. Bro, I've been a huge fan of Kyler Murray ever since I a year in Oklahoma, where he like broke all the NCAA records. Like that one yeah. year where he had like insane amount of passing yards, touchdowns. Like I was like, this dude is great. He's like sneaky fast. He's like one of the fastest players. I've seen him run, and he gets away from pressure really well. And he slides. Well, my number one is Patrick Mahomes. You guys are talking about with the QBR. Somehow, even though the Chiefs don't look too great with two and two, he's pretty much best in QBR in the NFL. And he also leads the NFL in passing touchdowns too. And the next closest is Stafford with 11. He like dominates that category. And even with all that, he's still top five in completion percentage in the NFL. 
Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna have to go with a one. Yeah, so some people we both left off. Derek Carr, he's got almost 1,400 passing yards. He's leading the league. We kept him off. Dallas tough. I, I want to put him on there, too. Yeah, Rodgers, we kept off. Josh Allen, even I kept him off. Lamar's been doing good. Uh, Herbert has yeah. been hot right now. Even Joe Burrow's been balling. There was a lot of people, neither of us included. Yeah, it was tough. It was definitely tough. Yeah, just looking at all the great quarterback performances this year, it's... Yeah, it's hard to even pick. I mean, with all the good quarterback performances, that's why we went with this rank it. All right, moving on to next week's game. We finally got a nice Thursday night game. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. So Rams visiting the Seahawks. That's going to be a tough one. Then. Um, but the thing is, I just think the way I would see it, though, is the Rams came off a tough loss, too. And this Rams team is so good on both sides of the ball. I don't really see them losing two in a row. So I'd have to go with the Rams if yeah. I had to make a prediction on this. But, I mean, it's a great division game. Like, I could literally see this need to go either way. Oh, yeah. Divisional games are always closer than they're supposed to be. I said it a little bit before when I was talking about Russ, but the Hawks are struggling everywhere except quarterback and receiver. Yeah. Their O-line's bad, and with that, they have a hard time running the ball. They don't have a good defense. And Russ, just like last year, is just putting the team under his back and just bringing them along with. And then, like you said, the Rams, great offense, great defense. And even though it's in Seattle, I think it being in Seattle just makes the game a little closer. I still think the Rams win. You got to go with a better team there, but it's going to be a good one. Russ isn't going to just allow the team to lose the way he's been playing. Like, he's going to play his butt off, but yeah, they just don't have enough firepower to keep up with the Rams. I think Russ is still going to get his. He's still going to do his thing. But I just don't know how the Seahawks defense is going to stop yeah. Stafford and that offense. Oh, true. No, yeah, they're definitely wrong. You got a score prediction? I would have to lean with high scoring, too. Uh, I'd go 27-31 and Rams win. Okay, I got Rams 35-27. 35-27. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we got high scoring. That's a great Thursday night game, though. I mean, last week ended up being a surprisingly good one, too. All right, going on to the Sunday games. We'll start off with the Jets at Atlanta. We differed here. So I'm going with the Jets. And I don't know. They just looked good last week. Somehow knocking off Tennessee. No, that was a huge upset. Honestly, I don't like either of these teams. Yeah, I think they both much, suck. <laughs> but Atlanta lost to Washington. I think is also underperforming yeah. a little bit. But I don't know. I just went with the hotter of the worst teams. I went with uh, Atlanta just because of home field advantage. Uh, to be honest, yeah, they both stink to me. Both of them could lose this game. I don't know if yeah. either of them are going to win this game because they're the better team. Atlanta puts up points, though, but they just always find a way to lose. Like, sometimes you have to think they're doing it on purpose. They can keep a lot of games competitive, but they just can't finish. Yeah, Matt Ryan's going to keep them close in a lot of these games. Next game, Green Bay at Cincinnati. We both got Green Bay. Detroit at Minnesota. We both got Minnesota. Denver at Pittsburgh. We both don't like Pittsburgh. We got Denver. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I honestly expected you to pick Pittsburgh, or at least I was considering picking Pittsburgh. But yeah, as of late, I just don't like Pittsburgh. That's really why I went with uh, Denver. Okay, Pittsburgh's got a good defense, and they got some weapons on offense, but Big Ben is just old. He just needs to, yeah. he needs to enjoy retirement. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he's, he's getting up there in age. Denver lost Bridgewater last week. But Drew Locke, like, I thought Drew Locke, like, last year looked good. And I didn't think they were going to bring in another quarterback. 
And that's the thing, though. Yeah, even without Bridgewater is really good. I really like him. He's a mature quarterback, and he doesn't lose games for you. But like Drew Locke is, I'd say, more flashy than Bridgewater. And yeah, they could make bigger plays with Locke. I just feel like Locke's only flaw is he makes more mistakes than uh, Bridgewater. Next, Miami at Tampa. We both got Tampa. New Orleans at Washington. This I went back and forth here. I don't even know what to expect from New Orleans anymore. New Orleans, one week play like the best team in the league, and one week they definitely don't. I had no idea, but Washington is also underachieving, I think. like Their defense just does not look as good as what I thought or what I expected from them. We both ended up going with New Orleans. Yeah. Philadelphia at Carolina. We're both going with Carolina. I just think the Eagles haven't looked that good either. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Tennessee with a shocking loss last week to the Jets, but no one loses to Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, since like over a year. And if they lose back-to-back weeks to the Jets and Jacksonville, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's They're tough. definitely yeah. the worst team in football then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, they can't, they can't lose this game. No. New England at Houston. I, I don't like saying this, but I really liked what I saw from New England, especially <laughs> on defense last week. And they look good. And Mac Jones is looking really good. I think they're, they're only going up from here. I think the Patriots just had a pretty tough schedule to start the season. But they're a good team. Yeah, and Houston looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, as expected, they're supposed to be taking. They started off the season a little hot. So I was like a little confused. But this is the Houston that we should see. That's true. That's true. Next game, Chicago at Vegas. You want to talk a little bit about Chicago? I like what I saw from Fields that last game. And Honestly, the first drive he led and let us down, first score. Actually, honestly, second drive too. The Lions moved the ball pretty well on us last week. Our defense, I'm a little concerned about, and especially playing Derek Carr, that's going to be tough, and I don't think we can outscore them. Still, I'm liking what I saw. This is still like a rebuilding year for the Bears in general, and our schedule is too hard for us to do anything good. If Fields plays again, uh, I'd be excited to see him. Darnell Mooney looked really good from the Bears. He had a bunch of deep catches, and he was just running great routes. It's only Darnell's second year, but he we're about to find a, another wide receiver one after Allen Robinson probably leaves. How are the running backs? Because I saw Montgomery went out, and he's going to be out for a while. I know Montgomery is out. and Yeah, he had a good week. Yeah, and honestly, that's not the reason why we can move the ball offensively in general. Like He's one of the top running backs in the NFL when it comes to rushing yards. And I don't think our line's that good either. He just breaks tackles and makes big plays. So losing him is probably going to hurt our pass game too. And honestly, yeah, I don't think we have a chance to get the Raiders with him gone. This next game, Cleveland at the Chargers. I went back and forth on this a little bit, but I just went with my gut in the end. I think it's really just going to toss up. We both ended up going with Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. No, I've been riding high with Cleveland this year. I really like You really have. (laughs) I mean, they haven't proved me wrong too much outside of their only losses to the Chiefs. So yeah, they're doing pretty well. Uh, that's a tough one though, because Chargers have been looking really good this year too. Uh, so and especially in LA, I think the big thing for me is what what allowing Cleveland to win as of late is how dominant their defense has been. Uh, their pass rush is insane. Their secondary is good, and the emergence of I love to say his name, but Jeremiah Wusakorova has been huge. <laughs> we talked a lot about him last week, but what about the Chargers defense? They look good on Monday night. They look really good. I mean, Carr them didn't even score the first half. They have a bunch of Notre Dame players, too, on their defense. Yeah. I ended up going with Cleveland because even when they play bad, like last week against the Vikings, they played bad. But they find a way to win games, and that's what good teams do. And it's surprising to me, but Cleveland might be a good team this year. Uh, I think so, too. I, I think so, too. They, <laughs> In general, they really are good at every side of the ball. 
they're good. They're not great at anything though, except maybe pass rush. Uh, the next four twenty five game, we got the Giants at Dallas. New York finally got their first win last week against the Saints. I mean, we both got Dallas this week. Dallas is just too good to let a divisional opponent come in and win. Daniel Jones is playing really well that game, though. I think he had 400 yards. Yeah, he surprised me this year. Kudos, yeah, kudos to Daniel Jones. He's balling. But... And he's been taking care of the ball. I think he only has one pick. Dang, yeah. I don't know. Giants could do it, but the lately Dallas has just been looking really sharp, too. Yeah. Next, the other NFC West showdown of the week, San Francisco at Arizona. And I'm riding high with Arizona. You, I love Arizona. You don't seem <laughs> to be on the, the side with me on this one. Yeah, I, I really love Arizona and Kyler Murray, but they had a good 4-0 start. You think it's coming to an end? Yeah. 49ers haven't had as good of a start as they wanted to. I know Garoppolo got injured, but he might play. He might not. Either way, Trey Lance looked pretty decent. But my big thing is this is a must-win game for the 49ers, especially losing it to Seahawks, a divisional opponent. So they need a big division win. I'm I'm riding high with Arizona. On to 5-0. and oh. This is the first, like, gamble pick I've had, I feel like. All the others, I feel yeah. like I picked the better team or slow, closely the better team. But this one, I'm picking the worst team. I know they're the worst team, but I just think with circumstances, Arizona might let this one slip. And then, Sunday night football. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Oh, that's what I one. think is going to be the game of the week. We got Buffalo at Kansas City. Buffalo looks like the best team in the NFL right now. Like, them and Arizona are, <laughs> are insane. Kansas City's gotten the better of the Bills every time. But through four weeks, we got two shutouts. I know they're against Miami and Houston. Mm-hmm, but 35-0 to Miami, 40-0 to Houston. And Houston did absolutely nothing last game. They had 100 yards of total offense, and most of that came in the end. And even Mitch Trubisky, I don't know if you saw, but Mitch Trubisky came in and had a touchdown. Oh, money, in Mitch. The fourth quarter, yeah. Hey, so, awesome. I mean, he'll start off slow with against the Steelers, but the defense has been picking it up. Josh Allen's getting back into it, and you know I'm not going against Buffalo Sunday night against Kansas City. Oh, that's about to be a good one. Oh, yeah. You went against Buffalo, though. I did. Oh, uh- <laughs> Another tough thing because I actually, as of right now, Buffalo looks like the better team. I picked the worst team twice now, back to back. It seems like I don't know if I'd call the Chiefs the worst team. Like it still is Kansas City Chiefs. It still is at Arrowhead. Buffalo, as of late though, has been looking really sharp and with two shots already, and that defense just looks nice. I think Kansas City has some holes in their defense this year. Surprisingly, yeah, you guys can move the ball on them and huge revenge game especially after what happened in the playoffs. So I could see the Bills making this one close, but I just got to ride with Patrick Mahomes. He's the number one quarterback in my list for a reason. The Chiefs haven't played too well this season either, and this is a great opportunity to show. And, you know, we're still in business. We still mean business. So I think the Chiefs win this one. My only issue with Buffalo so far this season, like defense looks great. Allen's getting back into it. First two weeks, he did not look that good. But these past two weeks look great. Or he's getting back to, to last year, and he will improve upon that more. But red zone has been an issue for the Bills. Like, when they score, they score, like, from right outside the red zone. They can throw it in. But, like, when they get inside, like, the 10, they've had some trouble punching it in. That would be a concern, uh, usually. But I won't be too worried about the Chiefs' defense. Yeah, hopefully. Stop that. But I'm excited for that game. That's a huge Sunday night game. Wow. And then next week's Monday night game, we got Indianapolis at Baltimore. You picked against Baltimore last week when when they were visiting Denver. Yeah, I did. 
I want to blame the Teddy injury. I feel like that made a little bit of difference, but I mean, in general, uh, the Ravens kind of dominated that game in all facets. And I think the same thing happens again, especially a night game at home. And yes, Indy won their last game, but Indy doesn't look as solid this year as they were last year. I think the biggest injury they had is Nelson going down. Yes. And, uh, that's really hurt them because their line does not look good. Carson Wentz, I feel like, hasn't really settled into the offense. Like They got some weapons, but I don't know. I'm up and down on the Colts. Yeah, primetime and on the road against the Ravens. I'm higher on the Ravens than you are, but... I don't know, yeah. I don't really like the Ravens too much because two of their three wins were really close wins. Very losable games, but they're the better team against the Colts, and being at home, they're going to win that. Because I'm not high on the Ravens, I will say that this game's going to be closer than people think. Colts still need to win, and every game from now on is a must-win because I still think talent-wise, Colts are a playoff team. They just haven't showed it so far. No, yeah, they got they got some things to figure out, especially I think offensively. Yeah. So so far in the head-to-head, you won last week, so now you're up. Really? Yeah, two to one to one. Oh, I struggled last week. We're exact the same record overall in the season. Overall, yeah. Wow, it's as close as it could get. It's literally as close as it could uh-huh. get. Forty-two and twenty-two on the season. I try to pick too many upsets, man. <laughs> yeah, I think else is a little dangerous. Yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work out, but which I could see myself losing this because of my upset picks. Uh, going on to oh yeah, then we tied again. <laughs> uh, moving on to the NBA preseason started so early. Wow, I, I just yeah, I don't know. The season's only like two weeks away now. That's true. I mean, this is when it usually starts. Uh, so the Heat played. Tyler Hero had 16 points in the first quarter, so he was looking good. I'm not really going to look too deep into that. I saw this tweet today saying, a year ago today, Jimmy Butler dropped a 40-point triple-double. And I was like, that was a year ago? You know, between that year, there's a whole other season that was played. For some folks, you know, there's the Olympics. And now there's, like, preseason. It's like there's basically been no, no break. So much NBA action last year. One thing that I saw in the first round of preseason games is they're applying that new rule. You can't do like non-basketball moves, try and draw fouls and stuff. So like if you get someone in the air, you can't like jump into them and yeah. draw fouls. Do you see the Steph? Yeah. The commentator then was like, not this year, Steph. Not this year. <laughs> That's going to change a lot. But there's a lot of superstars that did take advantage of that. Like I'd say like Steph and Harden are like the two biggest that would. And the, the like the swipe across. I think Kyrie did that a lot. Dang, the whole Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) Yeah, the the Nets are going to be shooting a little less free throws this year. But I like the rule. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I mean, it was like like a tactical thing. Yeah. yeah. To just get them in foul trouble, but... It was more of a tactical move that you just took advantage of their slip-up. But it wasn't really like... You didn't show great skills because you didn't have to make a tough shot. But yeah, basketball season is going to be exciting. It's crazy that it's already starting so soon. Oh, I can't wait for NBA, though. It's too hard to watch every game. Like I watch a few Heat games. I watch the, like the big games. It's easy to follow all the highlights and stuff, though, and follow everything that's happening in the league. Yeah, there's so many games in the NBA, but I mean that's what I kind of love. There's always a new highlight, and yeah, it's impossible to keep up with every game. The NBA, like nowadays, changes so much. Like all the teams change so much from year to year. So many players are moving around every year's free agency. I feel like it's crazy. Rarely do you see anywhere near the same team for an extended period of time. Heck, even when the Warriors had, like, the dynasty, they'd have a few different pieces every random year. Like, they had that year with Nick Young, the one championship run without KD, then they had KD, and that one year with Boogie Cousins. Mm-hmm. So even with the super teams or teams that have dynasties-ish, they still make their switches. Yeah, the NBA is always fun. It's like nine months of, like, drama. 
They're so good at it, but yeah, exactly. It makes it so fun. Nah, yeah, nonstop. Still, still excited for it to be back. It hasn't been long, but I always love basketball. Hey, man, the more sports, the merrier. But that wraps it up for this week, guys. Thank you for sticking with us to the end. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Crew Sports Pod, and we will be back next week.